This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello empaths, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you join us. This is our favorite monthly episode where we get to share stories and questions that you guys have emailed into us. Please remember before we dive in, if you have a question or a story you want to share with us, you can email us enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. Okay, Denise, I'm just going to dive right in. Is that okay with you? That sounds perfect. All right. Our first one says, my mother came to me in a dream. I know it was a true visitation because I never remember my dreams. And this was so very vivid. And I remember it clearly even now. I was outside at her funeral and she came up to me. I said, mom, what are you doing here? She said, please stop crying. I am so very happy here. Please don't cry for me. I asked her if dad was with her and she didn't respond. I remember waking up with tears on my face. Looking back, she really didn't answer any of my questions, but she made me feel so much better. Such a short interaction, but very powerful. Oh, I love this story because doesn't it remind you of messages you and I are always hearing? Put the Christmas tree up. Go on with your life. Celebrate. Please know I am happy. Don't cry for me. I'm still with you. And that's a huge pe- a question people will ask when they consult a medium. They'll say, are they happy? Are they okay? Are they safe? Are they at peace? And I've never had someone come back and say, oh, hell no, I'm a mess. I've never had that happen. <laughs> no, 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 because they are. Why? How could you not be happy over there? I mean, that's where all the work is done and, and you just get to relax and heal and enjoy and connect. And the only thing I feel that they do worry about is us and if we're doing OK. So how lovely that she this mother went through this huge effort to enter her dreams with this, this beautiful message of, I'm happy, please don't cry for me. And nice that she was able to have a verbal interaction because a lot of visitations are telepathic. Yes. So it's interesting. Um, our next one, I knew someone and was close to them for a very brief period of time, maybe a few weeks when I was younger. And they've since passed. As odd as it sounds, I feel they're one of my spirit guides. There have been signs and synchronicities for years. I'm wondering if this happens sometimes. 
Like a guide, we'll come into our life briefly, briefly on earth with the higher purpose of guiding from the other side. I'm very interested in this type of thing and would love any feedback. I think it's interesting that it's not how long we pe- how long we know people. I have this weird theory that there are people that we connect with in every lifetime, and it might be a brief interaction, it might be longer, it might be, but almost, and maybe I'm being, you know, airy fairy with this, but it would be nice to think that there's someone that we check in with in every lifetime. Just you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing okay. How about you? So with that. If the signs, the synchronicities, all of those things are coming in, I don't see why that person wouldn't be a, a spirit guide or, a, as you say, an invisible helper in this person's life. Yeah, and I think it's really important for us to honor those feelings. If that's what you're sensing, then that could definitely be it. I can't remember the exact quote, but you know that famous quote, how some people come into our life for a reason, a lifetime, a season, mm-hmm. and you just have to enjoy them for however long you have them in your life. I've always felt that our our main guides are with us well before we come into this world because they help us plan our our whole lifetime out. But I do think that there are other helpers that come and go. Uh, for example, my dear friend George, who passed away, he said he was assisting on my team. And so mm-hmm. I do think our loved ones can assist and help out. I really do. And I think we can solicit that help as well. Don't ever forget to ask for that help and ask for that guidance and assistance because asking you shall receive. I agree. And, and then you can get into people have spirit animals that they work with, or they have someone from the angelic realm that they work with. So it can be a really amazing and diverse dream team. Yes. A hundred percent. All right. Our next one says I was catching up on episodes and I just have to respond to the episode you did with Echo Bodine. Oh, that was a good one. Don't you love her? (laughs) Yes. And she continues. I heard you report that you get lots of emails from other folks with the same concern. What if my super dysfunctional relative becomes a ghost when they passed because they're deep down afraid that God will damn them to hell because of their evil deeds that they never or barely ever acknowledged? This is my worry because my demented father-in-law is already creepy, stockish, and unaware of the effect he has, and he has major, real, unresolved guilt for things he did many years ago. My husband and I are his caretakers, and his dementia is worsening quickly. He barely knows our names anymore. I dread the idea that he might stick around here when he is actually dead, because I don't feel like I have any relief from his looming presence as it is, and I can't imagine what his ghost would be like. I have done, as Echo suggested, and talked to his soul. It felt really silly doing this, but I am doing it repeatedly, so hopefully it sticks. Any other suggestions would be very much appreciated. I imagine the other readers who responded feel the same. The work has to be done on a spiritual or energetic plane, because the cognition and language are all gone now, even if his ego would have allowed him to admit the things he did. He cannot communicate on any meaningful level anymore. Okay, so for any new listeners who didn't hear that that show, Echo wrote a, her most recent book is called How to Live a Happily Ever Afterlife. And this was one of the questions I asked her because my mom is, you know, a difficult person and she's also very, very nosy. And I just have always had this feeling that when she goes, she's just going to stick around just so she can spy on her daughters and be like, hmm, I knew it. I knew she didn't wash the dishes the way I taught her to immediately. <laughs> So when I asked Echo that question, she did say 
that that can happen. But if you talk to their soul before, during, and just after they pass, you can really help them to transition. And I think it's important to remember that there are many parts to us. We have a body, a mind, and a soul, but we also have a higher soul. And this is the part of us that is just pure soul spirit energy. It's not connected to our personality. It is not connected to the DNA that we inherited when we were born into this world. It is just the essence of who we really are. And if anyone remembers, I shared this story in my book, The Awake Dreamer, and I've shared it many times on the podcast as well. So I'll quickly condense it here. But years ago, I had a dream where my mom and I were talking and she said, how is this working out for you? And in the dream, I knew what she was talking about. And I said, it's working out well. And she said, well, when you asked me to incarnate as a real bitch, I agreed because I knew it would help your soul grow, but I have to admit it's hard for me. And that dream really changed my life because it made me realize that, that my mom is a soul and that for whatever reason, she and I agreed to have a difficult relationship to help my soul grow in, in challenging, but also helpful and amazing ways. But at her core, her higher self is this beautiful soul. I felt it in that dream. I felt that love. And so I would recommend to this listener that you start talking and praying with your father-in-law's higher self and start telling that higher self. I think our higher self is genderless, so I don't even want to use pronouns. Just tell that that higher soul that you know they are loved, that they will be in the light, that they are of the light, and that when it is time to go, they just have to go into the light. You know, when I was pregnant with my first child, I can't tell you how many people came up to me with their horror stories of pregnancy, and I still am baffled why any woman does that to another woman, but it did kind of freak me out. And so my whole last trimester, I talked to the soul of Olivia and I said, honey, the quicker you go to me, the quicker you're going to see a light, you're going to hear noise, you're going to feel restriction. The quicker you go to that light, the quicker you're in my arms. And I swear to God, I had the easiest delivery. And I think it's because I kind of prepped maybe just myself, but I feel that her soul was listening. I think we can do the same thing at the end of the life as well. The other thing I would recommend, I do this anytime someone I know passes, I take a candle and, you know, because I'm me, I often surround it with crystals, but you don't have to. And I keep it lit every day for at least 30 days. And every time, every morning when I light that candle, I ask that that light guide the soul home. And so that that's something else you can do. That's all incredible information and very valid for, I'm sure, so many listeners. Another thing to consider is when you're talking to your father-in-law, even if he can't respond or if becomes more and more nonverbal, you can connect with him telepathically. You can do this with people that have uh, that are neurodivergent. You can do this with people who are in comas. You can do this with people. It's just it, it's connecting with that soul. But if you need to meditate and visualize you know, this this room where you're both in chairs facing each other and ask his spirit to come and sit in that chair across from you, but send it with love. Send it with, I'm here for you. Please know that we're we're glad that we're able to help you with this time of your life. But every time you start to get into the fear-based stuff, really send that love and send that that encouragement to to your father-in-law that you and your husband are there for him. Beautiful. Okay, so let's see. 
Our next one says, since losing my father-in-law last year, I've started to have a strong communication with spirit after a lifetime of being mostly agnostic. I have no question now that we're able to communicate beyond the physical world. Last week, I had a dream that my living 90-year-old grandmother was stepping outside of a door and we embraced. She immediately passed away and I felt her spirit exit her body. For whatever reason, I didn't react. I just had a knowing that this was meant to be a farewell. As soon as I woke up, I texted her. It's awesome she texted emojis and all, and she responded with a cheery all is well. Do you think we're able to speak to another person's higher self ahead of their passing? I've had visitation dreams, but never prior to passing. I think yes, I do. I think that we can connect with that essence of of who someone is, their soul light. Oh, I do too. And and look at the symbolism in that dream with the grandmother stepping out of the doorway. Mm-hmm. I mean, doorways are are portals. And I do think our soul prepares well before. Um, I have another dream story to share about that. I had a dream that my mother-in-law came to me with one of her dear friends. And we were telling the, the her friend that it is time for her to pass. And the friend said, I know that. I know. I see it. Thank you for your advice and guidance. And I'm looking forward to my transition. And I woke up and, and I told a lot of people in my mother-in-law's family about this dream And this woman was in her late 60s. I think she was 67, 68. And they all kind of looked at me like, okay, Samantha. And I think it was three, six months later, she had a brain aneurysm and passed. And so I I hope your grandmother, who texts with emojis and all, which is super amazing, I hope she has a lot, lot longer than that. But I do think that our soul knows well before we are physical self knows that that we're passing. And this shows that you have a beautiful connection, not only with your father-in-law, but your grandmother. And I have no doubt you'll be able to connect with her when she's ready to transition through that portal as well. Very, very well said. Okay. Our next one says, I would like you to shed some light on an experience my lovely mother-in-law is having. I'm halfway through reading The Awake Dreamer, And since I've been reading it, my mother-in-law has been having visitations or vivid dreams or visits from spirits. I'm not really sure. I am astounded by the coincidence of this. My mother-in-law is 83 and has been managing ill health for many years now. Just recently, she's been feeling more fatigued than usual and sleeping a lot, especially throughout the day. My in-laws have also moved some furniture around, donated a few unwanted trinkets, and upgraded their sofa in the living room. Over the past week, my mother-in-law has said that she has seen people in her room at night. She says they are ghosts. She says they're not scary, but when she first saw them, she covered her face and then woke up my father-in-law. Over the past few weeks, more and more ghosts are visiting her, and last night she said there were so many they kept her up because they were talking and standing around her bed. She said she saw a dog and some other animals. She said one ghost person went to jab a knife at her, but the next person too and pushed his hand away, not violently, and said no. My mother-in-law said she did not feel frightened. She said when they appear, they walk down an imaginary flight of stairs that is on the side of her wall next to her bed from the ceiling to the floor. She said they just keep coming, flooding into the room. In real life, there is a chest of drawers against the side of the wall, the double-sided hand mirror on top of the drawers. I asked her if the mirror was always there. She said it's from another room but has been there for a couple of weeks. I moved it back to the old room. I just wondered what your view on this is. My father-in-law does not believe in spirits and ghosts the same way I do. 
and he thinks my mother-in-law is hallucinating because she's overtired, but she has had no changes in her medications. My husband is concerned because he thinks the people are past ancestors from generations back who've come to prepare my mother-in-law for her end of life. I do not believe this because my mother-in-law does not know who they are and they do not talk to her. I think that maybe because my in-laws have had a bit of movement with the furniture downstairs, it could have unsettled some spirits, or they're just latching onto my mother-in-law because she's been so tired and they're using her energy. I also think the mirror could have acted as a portal. We are all confused, but most importantly, we just want to help my mother-in-law to feel settled again and to have a good night's sleep. She's Catholic and is going to request the priest to visit and say some prayers. I have ordered some black tourmaline online. I'd like to cleanse them and place them around my mother-in-law's room for her, but I do not want them to take on my energy. Is it possible for me to do this? I've also looked through her prayer book with her and together chose a guardian angel prayer, a prayer for protection from Archangel Michael, and encouraged her to keep her Bible open to Psalm 91 or Psalm 23. I've also told her to visualize a protective light around the bed and tell the spirits to please go away. I need to sleep. I think this is overwhelming and tiring for her. Just wondered what your thoughts were and if you could offer advice or suggestions. Okay, well, I do think everything you're doing is absolutely what you should be doing. Moving the mirror is a good idea. The black tourmaline is a fantastic idea. It's super, super protective. It will not take on your energy. All you have to do is hold those stones in your hand and set the intention that these crystals will serve as a grid of protection under and around the bed to keep her protected from seeing these things. I think often when we are at those stages in our life where we're kind of not fully in our body, so either when we're just super stressed or tired or going through an illness or uh, going through surgery, those times when we just don't feel fully present in our body, I do feel as though we have one foot here and one foot there. And so she might be able to see this other dimension. The fact that she's not scared of them is fantastic, but you know, the one with the knife, I'm sorry, that would freak me out. So I do think you're doing all the right things with with the protection and the prayers and having the blessing said in the home. I also think that it's not that she's preparing to transition. It's just that she is kind of in between these two stages. So anything you can do to help ground her energy and keep her in the here and now is going to be really, really helpful. You could ask her to share recipes. You could ask her to tell stories. Anything that keeps her in the present moment, I think will help. And as she's falling asleep, make sure she is saying those prayers. And you can even tuck an amethyst and a black tourmaline under her mattress or under her pillow, like in her pillowcase, because that will help ground her energy as well. What do you think, Denise? Cross my mind is I'm wondering if this, the mother-in-law has always been really sensitive to spirit, but shut it off as a young person or a small child. And now that she's in a stage of life where she's not able to turn it on and off as, as much. So people would say it's hallucinations and stuff, but is she just opening up to a part of herself? Because so many people right now are feeling a lot of energy around. So that's kind of what popped into my head and just the volume of people and not knowing them. I could see if it was her auntie or her brother or people that she knew or her parents, but just the fact and the staircase I thought was interesting as well, as far as the symbolism. But I'm wondering if there was a connection somehow. I, I agree, moving the mirrors, some furniture, that kind of stuff. But 
for that volume of of energy to come through isn't there usually a shift in something in a house or the location or the land yes and i think you bring up an excellent point that she could have had this ability naturally and just learned to shut it down and then you know as you get to become an adult and you're busy and you're taking care of a family i think very often we naturally shut it down and and now she's in this place where she can just rest and be taken care of and so maybe it is popping open and the staircase i'm glad you brought that up because my dad the last year of his life we talked nonstop about how when he he was trying to fall asleep at night the ceiling above him would disappear and there'd be a staircase and he did talk oh. about seeing a lot of people coming up and down yeah i have it on audio i need i need to share it on our facebook page it's really really cool to listen to him describe that and if you read i would recommend this listener check out visions trips and crowded rooms it is such a phenomenal book, and it's about what doctors, nurses, and hospice workers have reported people seeing before they pass. Again, your mother-in-law is not, we're not saying that, but it's no. very, very similar with all these people gathering around her bed. Mm -hmm. It's a fascinating story, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, the next one says, I have a story I'd like to share and a question to ponder. I was standing outside a massage parlor in my local town looking over the signage at the front and a small older man approached me and commented on how far ahead the eastern world is compared to us in the western world he asked if i knew about chakras i replied a little bit he talked about them a bit and told a story that the chakras can be activated and that a horse with an activated root chakra to the best of my memory it was that chakra could enable it to win a race I know our chakras are powerful in their own right, but it makes me ponder. If we can activate our hand chakra to do healing work or our third eye to be able to get, uh, receive spiritual insight, can we activate any of the different chakras at will to navigate situations or events? Where do our own limits and abilities end? If energy is infinite, does that make our own ability to work with it an endless possibility? I wondered after the gentleman left if he was a messenger or a guide. I, I love that. I think he's a messenger in the sense of what a fun little interaction to have with someone. And when when something gets me to think in all those different directions, I absolutely love it. And yes, I do think working with the chakras can, one of the techniques with mediumship or intuition is to truly open your heart chakra and and send that beam out to and connect with someone in spirit for in mediumship heart to heart and you can do the same thing if you're reading someone intuitively is you can connect heart to heart and that's definitely activating your heart chakra uh one of the things of a lot of times if people suddenly start having lower back pain or spasms or stiffness and i'm not medical person don't play with on tv but just unexpected you can stop and ask yourself, are you concerned about finances, security, resources, because they'll often correlate. Our body is such a beautiful barometer to help us uh, figure things out. Yeah, it is. And it's always trying to talk to us in these ways. You can work with the chakras individually for sure in these ways. If you have to give a presentation or go up for an interview work on your throat chakra, wear light blue crystals, wear light blue clothes. 
Uh, there are certain, there are different yoga poses that help activate each of the chakras. You can just go on YouTube and search yoga for the chakras and a bunch of things will, will come up for you. If you're feeling a little low on energy or not so super confident, activate your solar plexus chakra, visualize glittery gold energy spilling all within and around you like a fountain and project your own personal sun into the room you're walking into and you will instantly stand up straighter and feel more confident. So yeah, this is why I am so passionate about the chakras and I think everyone should look into learning how to cleanse and balance their own chakra system. I think that's really, really important. Well, it's also a great way if you're at the beginning stages of your intuitive development, that's a great way to get to know how you connect with spirit, how it works for you. Yes. Great point. Because all of, all of our intuitive abilities are connected to the chakras, clairsentience mm -hmm. to the solar plexus, clairaudience to the throat chakra, clairvoyance to the third eye chakra. So it's all interconnected and it's all really, really important. If you, if you go to my website, samanthafay.com and click under store and then meditations, I do have a chakra cleansing and balancing guided meditation on there. But really, any anything you can do that helps you visualize all seven of those major energy centers spinning at the same rate and vibration and being completely clean and clear of any debris or negative energy is going to vastly help you. All right. Our next one says, hello, ladies. I was listening to your most recent episode while running errands. I was in my car making quite a few stops in the rain and looking forward to getting home. I was pausing the show every time I had to get out of the car. I had just come to the part where Samantha talked about the significance of that YouTube, of that U2 song, still haven't found what I'm looking for, and what it held for her when I reached my next stop, which was to help a dear friend pick up and then dump all the crap her ex had left at her place over the years. She was finally letting go, and I was only too happy to help her get this task done. Okay, wait, let me pause here for anyone who didn't hear that episode. I had said that whenever I hear that U2 song, still haven't found what I'm looking for. I know if I'm doing like a relationship reading or something like that, and that song pops up, it's, you know, it's not good. It means you need to, you need to keep looking and move on. So that's, that's the little aside there. Okay. So our listener continues after dropping her off at her place, I stopped to get groceries, navigating the crowded aisles and the shopping carts. All of a sudden I tuned into what was playing on the loudspeaker and it was a beautiful acoustic cover of the U2 song. It was playing very softly and the grocery store was packed, but it was unmistakable. So obviously this is a message for my friend, a message I will happily transmit to her as I know she's finally reconciled that her relationship is done and dusted. And I will paraphrase Samantha and tell her that now the space has been literally made for something far greater and more wonderful is waiting for her. I, on the other hand, have actually been waiting for a sign from my brother-in-law who crossed over last August. He loved the song Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes by Paul Simon. And while he was unconscious in the hospital, I sang it to him as he loved my singing voice. So the other day, I tried on a pair of shoes I hadn't worn in a few weeks. The last time I'd worn them, my husband and I were staying in a hotel across the country. I found a diamond stud earring in the shoe. At first, I thought it must have been a cleaner who may have found it in another room, put it in her pocket, and then dropped it in my shoe by mistake. So, of course, I contacted the hotel in case anyone was looking for it. The next morning, as I was waking up, I thought, wait, 
maybe it's my brother-in-law saying hi. I had told him he had three days to play the song to validate that this was a message from him, as I'm sure he must know that I pass on any messages from him to his widow, who was still struggling with her loss and so very sad. A few hours later, I was telling another dear friend about finding the earring in my shoe, and she said, wait, isn't that a Paul Simon song? And she started to sing the opening lines. She's a rich girl, don't try to hide it, diamonds on the soles of her shoes. My doubting Thomas husband said it didn't count, because anyone would have started singing that song having been told about a diamond earring found in a shoe. So I decided to ask my brother-in-law for yet another sign. Oh, this poor brother-in-law in heaven. Can you imagine? And while I was running around today, listening to the episode about signs, I was thinking, okay, buddy, come on. Sorry to bug you. Two days left to play that song. So the big thing that resonated with me in this episode is the role we all sometimes unwittingly and most unknowingly play in delivering signs for others. Like the fictional DJ Samantha referenced, it's a team effort. I feel I am often a conduit for others' messages, like the two cars with the significant license plates, those two drivers completely unaware, some beautiful and powerful force moved mountains for that listener to get her message. It fills me with awe just thinking that I would not have received that message from my friend had I not been listening to your podcast and had I not stopped at the grocery store when I did and on and on. So I just had to share. Thank you for your work and for reminding us to pay attention and stay open to all the love and the guidance that's around us all the time. It wasn't the song I was expecting, but it was the song that was needed. Oh, isn't that so true? So often we're asking for a sign and we don't get the one we're expecting, but we do get the one that we need. But I I just have to say, I still feel bad for this brother-in-law. He put a diamond in the sole of a shoe. (laughs) (laughs) And they're still like, wait a minute, we need more. But you know what? I would have been the same way. We always need more of those signs. I think because it's just so miraculous and wonderful. And when you get them, it's like, it's just the greatest feeling like, oh, they are alive and well over there. And the way she said she feels as though she's a conduit, I I have to 100% back her up and, and agree. I've read so many books and channeled books and all sorts of cool spiritual stuff. And over and over and over again, what I see pop up is that on the other side, they are so anxious to let us know they are okay, but they have to find someone who is open and ready to receive that message. And like her brother-in-law's widow, if she's still so sad and in that grief-stricken energy, she's not going to be able to receive that message. But this beautiful listener can and can pass it on. And you know what? That's like dropping a pebble in the pond. It's going to send ripples of loving energy through that widow's grief. And it's going to start kind of you know, opening her up so that hopefully she can have a dream visit or find her own diamond in the sole of a shoe so she knows her husband is alive and well and waiting for her on the other side. As far as signs go, that is an amazing one, isn't it? Yes. That's, that's a little bit different. Oh, I got a cardinal. I mean, <laughs> I know. We, we love our cardinals. We love our butterflies, but diamond in the shoe, a high five to that guy in spirit. That's amazing. I've never found jewelry. Have you (laughs) ever found jewelry? I've never found jewelry. And I sure as hell have never found a diamond. No, no, I, that, that's so incredibly special, unique. And the fact that she, you know, she was when she called the hotel, 
did someone lose this? We found this. Where did it come from? It wasn't a diamond that she recognized. It wasn't, oh, there's my stud earring. It must have fallen off the dresser into my shoe. In the world of spirit, if anyone's listening to this and going, there's no way, just Google Aport, A-P-O-R-T. Is there an E on the end? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either, but it's it's called a spiritual apport, and it's where material physical objects appear out of nowhere. It is so cool to research. Right. And it's a part of physical mediumship where, well, anyway, that's a story for another day. That's a whole other aspect of mediumship that isn't practiced very much right now. Most of the mediumship now is uh, mental mediumship. Okay. Anyway, our next one says, I have a question about synchronicity. Can it be a warning rather than a sign that you're on the right path? A few months ago, I got chatting to a guy at work. We had said hello in passing many times, but never spoke. It turned out he used to live just around the corner from my mom, the house I grew up in. I now live about 100 miles away. He mentioned a couple of people I knew, one that had passed away recently. We also talked about his job, which is in a department I've been interested in for some time. He told me there are secondments coming up he was going to be the hiring supervisor and I should apply. I ended the conversation to attend some online IT training. Less than five minutes into the training, the host said he was going to use a random address as an example. He picked my mom's address, the exact name and town, street name and town. The next morning, I woke up to a text from a friend. She had sent a picture of a house that was on the market asking me if I recognized it. It took me a few moments, but I realized it was the house that belonged to the deceased friend I had been talking about with my colleague the day before. Oh, my goodness. I work for the police and have been unhappy in my job recently, so took this as a sign I had to apply for the secondment when it came up. Fast forward two months, the secondment was advertised. I was so excited. I talked to HR. My boss, the senior hiring manager, and came up with a plan for childcare. Friends and family thought it sounded perfect for me. However, I couldn't bring myself to write the application. During all of this, I'd been exploring other job opportunities, one of them being a teaching assistant at my daughter's school. There are pros and cons to both jobs, so I asked the universe for a sign. Red shoes for the school and blue shoes for the secondman. I hoped for blue shoes for the secondman. However, a few days later, my daughter was watching a cartoon, and I tuned in just as the main character was showing off his new red boots. I took this as my sign and did not apply for the second one. It felt oddly calm and accepting of this decision, despite my initial excitement. On reflection, I wonder if the signs I, I had were a warning. The deceased friend was a kind and troub- but, but troubled person and had a difficult life. We were friends at a time in my life when I made some bad decisions. I left my hometown to make a fresh start, and my life improved significantly since. It would be good to hear your thoughts on this. Well, I do very, very strongly think that uh, synchronicities can be a warning rather than a sign that you're on the right path. For me, a lot of times I'll get a, a physical reaction with that synchronicity, either my stomach will get funny or I'll get an uncomfortable feeling or I'll get uh, that, like, I feel like I need to look over my shoulder or it just, it's not, it's a different feeling. It, it still comes in the same way, unexpected, 
not looking for it, all the ways that we we identify synchronicities. But I, I think that the fact that there were so many, wouldn't you be uh, thinking you were being pushed in the first direction as well to the second one? Yeah, and she still might have been because I always say, this is advice I always give, it's better to have choices than not have choices. So I would have applied for the teacher assistant job and the second mend. Mm-hmm. I would have. I wouldn't have taken the sign as don't even try. Do you know what I mean? And I think sometimes we said this on another show, that old standby of flipping a coin and don't look at if it's head or, or tails, just focus on what outcome you want. And the outcome she wanted was to get the second mend. So I do think it's important to ask for those signs, but still always follow through with what your heart is telling you. Yeah, I agree. I agree very much. But the fact that this person felt oddly calm and accepting after the decision was made. Yeah, I think it can be very, very tricky if we just try to follow signs from the universe. Because we have to really, at the end of the day, follow what's in our heart. But yeah, I do think synchronicities can line us up for some disappointing things heading down the road. And and that's okay too. It's another signpost that everything that happens in our life, the good and the bad are happening for a reason and they're happening for us. And throughout all of that up and down, we have this support. And I think these synchronicities and signs are just one way the universe is trying to tell us that. I remember when my former husband was shot in the line of duty, even before the dreams I had of that incident started, my girls and I, gosh, we went to the, when they were little, you know, I live very, very close to the beach. So we went to the beach all the time after school and we would just walk and look for shells. And I found perfect heart-shaped seashells almost every day that summer. And they weren't, you know, sometimes I still collect heart-shaped shells and people make fun of me because they're like, that really just looks like a bent circle, Samantha. And I'm like, okay. But this summer, they were all perfect heart shapes. I have them in a, in a shadow box frame. I kept them all. And, and I knew it was a sign that something not so great was coming, but that I had love and support. And that was true. And so I wouldn't take any of this as like, ooh, this is kind of scary or bad or, or what have you. I would take it all as, as a positive that we are we are loved and supported. And sometimes, you know, I just want to add this, it's a complete aside, but sometimes we ask for signs for something and we get the signs and, or we don't get the signs and it just doesn't work out the way we wanted. I think that's all a part of it as well. For example, I had a friend and she was applying for a promotion at at her company and she asked for a sign. Should I apply for this promotion? She got the sign, two thumbs up. Yes, you should. And she didn't get the promotion. And she was like, what the hell? I asked for the sign. I got the sign. Why? This is ridiculous. And I was like, well, I don't know. Just sit with it. What happened was she realized in that application process how her company really did not value her at all. And that whole disappointment and angst made her realize, wait a minute, I don't even like this company. I don't even want to work here anymore. And it propelled her to seek a much better job outside of that company. So sometimes, you know, we ask for the signs, we get the signs, the thing happens or doesn't happen. And 
This is where so many people tend to pause their forward motion on their spiritual path because they go, well, this is all bunk. It doesn't work. No one's out there. I made this up in my head. I'm trying to make this square peg fit into this round hole. I'm giving up. I'm not going to rely on it. And I, I, I think that's a, that's so sad when that happens because oftentimes the universe makes you uncomfortable and kind of purposely points you in the wrong direction just so you can clearly see what the right path is for you. I wonder too, if this has something to do with, this is in her daughter's school. Is there a reason for her to be in that school with her daughter right now? Mm -hmm. And I truly believe if there's something that's meant to come into your life, the timing aspect, if you're really meant to do it, it will keep showing up again. So it may be, that the timing was off for the second men right now, but it's going to re represent at a later date, or that opportunity is going to circle back around again. Or right. as you mentioned, this, this is happening to open up other doors that may not even be on the grid yet. Yeah. The, the doors might not even be built yet. Right. But yeah. I think in the, in the thick of it, when you're like, Oh, I really want this job or I really, uh, I think this is what I'm meant to do and it keeps falling out or it doesn't happen. There is a disappointment with that, especially if you have training or background or education to support going up a level or getting a more administrative position or whatever that might be. It can almost feel like the universe is letting you down a little bit by not supporting the one you think you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky making all these big, th those those fork in the road moments in our life, we have them all the time. There are little ones and medium ones and big ones, right? And it's very, very tricky navigating those decisions. I think asking for help from the other side and asking and, and seeking signs is a great way to help you make the right decision. But I have to repeat myself and go back to, you got to go back to your heart and what your heart is telling you, because that's really your best inner compass. Right. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I hope this person has a wonderful time working in the school. Yes, I do too. You and I both loved it for quite a long time. As the person said, there are pros and cons to every situation. <laughs> I was going to say, Denise, you there? You paused a little. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I'm very much the realist. So Yes, there are some wonderful things and there are some things that are as with any profession. And we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well said. Okay, don't forget that we are still collecting stories of signs and synchronicities and messages you've received from your invisible team of helpers. So you can always email those to us, enlightenedempaths at gmail. If you go to my website, samanthafay.com and click the upcoming events tab, you'll see that for the four Wednesdays in June, I'm teaching the Be Your Own Psychic class. This is where you will learn how to really open up and hone and tune into your intuitive abilities. Each week, you're partnered up with someone new from a class where you get to really practice your intuition and see how you're growing. Classes are recorded and emailed to you the next day. It also includes downloadable meditations and lots and lots of handouts. So again, that's the four Wednesdays in June from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. You can find all information at my website, samanthafay.com. Denise, I know you've got some fun stuff coming up. 
I do. On June 3rd, which is a Saturday from 1 to 4 in the afternoon, Eastern Standard Time, I'm offering the second part to a shamanic mediumship class that I started last month where we gave the prerequisites and really explored the topic. And we'll be continuing with that on the third shamanic mediumship, The Journey Continues. And that will be again in the afternoon and we'll be learning how to really dive into what you find in the upper world, the middle world, the lower world, and how to apply that from the viewpoint of being a medium. If you weren't in the first class, a prerequisite would be that you do know how to journey because that will be a lot of the exploration that we'll be going through on that afternoon class. It's a lot of fun. And you can find any information on that class on my website, thegratefulmessenger.com. And just go to online classes and all the information will be right there. And if you like the show, please tell a friend or take a moment to leave us a comment or a review wherever you listen to your podcast. It really helps us grow our show. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. And thank you to all of our listeners who sent in these great questions and beautiful stories. We hope you have a magical, wonderful week. Please remember, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.